0: Hi, this is Regeline Sabat, also known as Gigi. You're listening to Walk With Me Podcast. My guest today is Austin McCullough. Austin is the founder of Austin McCullough Advising. Welcome to the show, Austin.
1: Thank you, Gigi. I'm very excited to be on.
0: I am excited to have you as well here tonight with us and to share your story and your advice and your tips and your business. Now, why don't you start off by telling us about you and where you're from?
1: Absolutely, so unlike a lot of people. I'm actually from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I'm from the Midwest. Um, I haven't ventured out too much. I'm excited to travel the country a little bit, get outside of the United States. Um, but yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm excited to do this show and I'll let you start kind of asking some questions my way.
0: I love it. Why don't you tell us more about your business principles?
1: Sure. Sure. So for anybody who doesn't know anything about me, I run my own human capital consulting firm called Austin McCullough Advising. We typically work with financial advisors insurance agents and other entrepreneurs running small businesses and we focus on four main areas one or actually let's say three areas for now sales and accountability training leadership development and psychology revamping now with the sales and accountability training the reason why i focus on that first is because a lot of people really struggle with sales and Gigi, if we want to dive into that later we can um yes. but, but A lot of that comes from people not asking questions in the first place. A lot of people think sales means that you have to be a good talker. You have to be able to be charismatic. You have to look the part. And truly, I don't believe that's the case. And we can dive into that more later. With accountability, simple things such as what I do every day. I make my bed. I take a cold shower. I meditate. I do my daily affirmations checklist. A whole list of things. And I do those to remove the emotions out of the day so that I get my work done rather than depending on if I feel like doing it or not. Moving into the leadership development piece, a lot of people want to build a business, become the owner, not always be the operator, but that means you have to be somebody worth following. You have to be somebody that people actually want to listen to, somebody that people actually want to work with. And so building yourself up into the right leader that people respect. <clears throat> and then that last piece is the psychology revamping. And maybe I should put this first, but you have to get your mindset in the right place. It can't come from a place of lack, it needs to come from a place of abundance. Um, a lot of people, I don't think, recognize how much opportunity is out there. And so when you're around the right people, when you're changing your mindset on a daily basis and being intentional to change it, your life changes drastically. And I've seen that firsthand.
0: I love it. Now, tell us more about your self-improvement principles.
1: Do oh, you want me to hone in on anything? Because I, I, let's, let's put it this way. Um, I was not on top of my career up until when I was 19 years old, and I'm 23 now. Um, but I firmly believe out of everybody, maybe in this whole world, at least the United States, I've dedicated a lot more time than 99% of people to self-improvement over these past few years, because I've, I've been able to see it manifest and be able to come to fruition. Now, it's not something that happens like that, right? If you commit yourself to self-improvement to like I said, trying to learn as much as possible every day, trying to always pay attention to what you're saying, trying to pay attention to who you're around what type of uh, professional settings that you're in. These are things that are going to manifest and create results for you a week later, two weeks later, three weeks later. But if you stay consistent with it, at least within a few months, you're going to start to see results come from it. Um, the reason why I I got so interested in self-improvement is because like I tell everybody, I'm not naturally gifted. I'm not full of a ton of intelligence, right? I like to always think that I'm natural intelligence, but I kept hearing how important self-awareness was. And I, I have a, a quote that I often say, that's having weaknesses isn't what makes or breaks you. Not knowing what your weaknesses are, and not knowing how to deal with them does. And I think that's really true because, um, like, let's go back to that leadership development piece. Even if you don't know how to do something, there are people out there who do, I don't know anything about computer science. In the future, I have this business that I want to work on and build upon my advising practice, or should I say consulting or coaching practice. I use those terms pretty interchangeably. But in the future, I want to use artificial intelligence for that. I don't know any code. I don't know anything about API plugins. You know, (laughs) these are all very technical terms. But there are people out there that that's their skill set. For me, I firmly believe that I can read people well and that helps me a lot with communication. You know, what I was saying before, Gigi, it's nice when I can actually see the person because you see their eyes. I actually had a client say to me the other day, eyes don't lie. And I remember when I played football at my community college, I would always pay attention to my coach's eyes and I could go way into depth with that. But you always look at someone's eyes because that helps you learn. And that even, I'm kind of going on a rant here, but that flows in line with the self-improvement piece because if you're watching somebody's eyes you can see a reoccurring theme that people aren't that interested in what you had to say. Their eyes don't light up. Their, their eyes are darting all over the place. Then you know that you're not somebody that's really worth listening to. I'm sorry to say that, and that sounds pretty blunt, but I don't know. Self-improvement really comes from needing to be completely honest with yourself. And when you do that, when you can give yourself a pure, genuine look, it, it gives you a stronger foundation to build off of. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, sir. Thank you for keeping it real. I appreciate you.
1: 100%.
0: Yes, now why don't you tell us more about your leadership principles? You
1: know, I could go way into depth there too, but I believe in just radical honesty and transparency. Um, with the world that we're in today, we have a lot more transparency. And being a young individual, 23, you know, I didn't grow up without, technically, I did grow up I didn't have my first iPhone until, or smartphone until I was in high school. So when I was younger, of course, I didn't have that technology, but then my mind wasn't as advanced as it was now. So I was in to the changes. Um, but we live in a world where people can go access the information that they want. And so if you are not telling them the story straight, if you're not being completely honest with them, they can probably find out the other side of the story. Um, They have better access to go reach out to other people and talk to them. They have better access to use the internet and find information. So it it honestly doesn't make sense from a practicality standpoint to not just be radically honest. And plus, if you're just a moral human being, you probably want to be honest and transparent. Um, But what I've noticed though, like even when I work with clients, when I don't make my bed, for example, I tell them that. I don't want to lie because um, going back to self-awareness, when I lie, I know that I don't have the right energy and maybe they don't pick up on it, but I think that they can, I feel like they can tell that I, that my demeanor, my confidence isn't there completely. And so I'm always trying to be completely open with them because that's also a great learning example. Uh, I, I was listening to a podcast about a year and a half ago and it talked about, I think it was called I am you marketing. There was a man named Charlie rocket who, who he's a big fan of that. And then he was on Ed, my podcast. And the whole point about that is a lot of influencers gain their influence because of relatability. I mean, if I'm here, I'm, well, let's use hand gestures. If I'm up here and I'm trying to hold myself on a pedestal and somebody is down here, you know, like let's say in a, in a business career, they might see the separation and be discouraged because of that. But if we put our, ourselves on the same level from a human standpoint, then it shows that they have the chance to build. You know, that's even something, I'm nowhere close to where I wanna be in my professional career, but I'm light years ahead of where I was a few years ago. And if you ask me a few years ago, um, when you start to achieve the barriers that you want and increase your income the way that you want to, are you gonna feel like a completely different person? I'd probably think, yeah, definitely. But I don't know about you, Gigi, but you really don't. Like you, you still see all the failures that you have, all the mistakes. You don't see, like, for example, when I talk to people about, um, like, let's use another client example, off clients who are talking about prospecting and how they sometimes get worn out because of how many contacts they have to make because they're in a sales position. And I tell them this year alone, I've already made over 4,000 contacts. You know, that's something that, that takes resiliency. And that is still on the line with leadership. Um, people respect others who are in the trenches with them. So I think it's a valuable piece that I'm still the primary operator of my business and I'm not hiring all these positions out because when people are going through struggles, when people are going through adversity in their business, I'm still struggling through things too. No matter what level you get to, there's always a level higher and you're going to have to get uncomfortable to push that level higher. So um, to rein it in, honesty, transparency, and you really have to care about people. That can go into um, a sales point that I often talk about to, to be successful in sales. But <clears throat> if you're judgmental, people won't listen to you. Whether it's conscious or it's subconscious, meaning you're not really paying attention to what's actually going on. People close off when you're judgmental. But when people know that you're coming from a caring place and you really want to help them, they're going to be more honest with you. I've seen that firsthand. I've been in a sales role, um, for at least four years, whether it was what I'm doing now or previous roles, and I noticed that people truly do open up to you when you come from a caring place. I, like besides the law of attraction, I can't explain it more. I should probably do more research, but um, <laughs> I'm coming from. So I'll keep the leadership development <clears throat> piece at that.
0: Yes, sir. Building relationships truly matters, and caring as well, and as well as honesty. Now, can you tell us more about your sales principles?
1: Yes. So I always tell people, and this is of course more than just three main points, but there are three things that I tell people to succeed in sales. One, ask questions. And I know some people might not like this, but then just shut up and listen. (laughs) I mean, there are a lot, I, I, I remember there was a sales call that I was actually the prospect on one time and the salesperson, very nice individual, but he talked for 20 minutes straight, didn't ask me any questions up front or in the middle. And he asked me one at the end. And the problem with that is he didn't even know if I, if like, yes, anybody could technically be a prospect, but that doesn't mean they're an ideal prospect. That doesn't mean they're going to be an ideal client. And so when you ask questions, you also get people to open up and they can tell you what they struggle with. So if I ask somebody like, and of course I wouldn't ask the question, are you good at sales? Because most questions deliberately like that, people aren't actually gonna say that they're bad. They're gonna be like, hey, I'm pretty good, pretty good. You gotta kind of find workarounds. you ask people questions to get them to open up, and then they're gonna give you the answers, and then if you have something to fill that gap, if they show that they have a problem or they something can be improved, then you fill that gap. So that's point one. The next one, you have to raise your own self-awareness so that you can balance between logical and emotional. Have you ever heard that before, Gigi? Yes, sir. Because there are many people who are logical thinkers, and those are the people who like hearing like quantitative statistics. For example, what is going to be my ROI, return on investment, of if I work with you? And that's very reasonable. It's literally logical. But then there are other people who are emotional, right? So if you ask somebody for an investment to work with you, um, of course that's going to be like pulling the bow and arrow back. You know, you're not going forward yet. Bring <laughs> <turn> you off. <laughs> It can spring you much further ahead after going back, but you can't necessarily promise it, right? Unless you do like a money-back guarantee. Everybody has their different approach. And then the third one, going back to what we were just talking about, you can't be judgmental. You really can't. Um, You have to train yourself to see the value It doesn't matter if you're sitting there and you have your suit and tie and you have your nice smile and white teeth and you look the part and you just want to be super friendly. It's not going to get somebody to open up, you know? Like, we're not in business just to be in business. We're in business to solve problems. And I know that might sound really cliche, but that's something that I'm learning more and more day after day. And so when you're there to truly figure out what somebody needs, build the relationship, ask the questions, and you figure out how you can actually help them, how you can actually serve them. And when you actually care about their overall well-being and they can see that, they're going to want to work with you. Otherwise, there's just going to be that constant subconscious barrier.
0: That's right. I appreciate your honesty, Austin, on that one. Can you tell us more about what got you into the financial industry?
1: Actually, that's probably my favorite part of my story. Um, I'll, I'll take a couple months... A step back so I played football at a community college I played at Iowa Central Community College and I tore my ACL for a second time when I was there a lot of people give me this reaction oh that's kind of rough they was actually a huge blessing in disguise because like I've told many people up until that point in my young I want to call it a career life I wasn't focused on school I wasn't focused on business and so I really needed that reality shock that was a period of time. That was the catalyst that helped me raise my self-awareness to then. I, I knew I was going to be transferring to the university of Iowa, but I didn't know what for. And so fortunately I was able to get a tax accounting internship at a company. Now I did not love back office accounting. It's needed, but it was in my cup of tea. But when I was there and I started looking at investopedia and Yahoo finance, and I realized how much I was interested in the market. Um, like a lot of people who get into finance, right? So I started paying attention to like Apple stock, Facebook stock. I remember those were the first two companies that I ever bought. I just remember I talked to my dad because I saw their stock chart over the past five years. So that would have been like 2012 to 2017. It's like, dad, their stock is just going up and up and up and of course, <laughs> for every stock that doesn't happen for them every single day either. But i was just like, baffled. I was like, why is my money in the bank account when I could do this? And I need to go take all my money out and throw it in there. But I took a little bit of money and and threw it in there just to kind of learn from firsthand experience. Um, And from there then, I also got involved is doing part-time financial advising work. Because I was like, you know, I like investments a lot. Maybe I don't want to be a day trader, but maybe I want to help people with retirement planning, because that's something that people um, aren't taught in school or helping people budget because that's often not what they're taught in school or simply just know how to handle their finances, which once again, unfortunately, they're not often taught in school. And I think that's thing that should change. But It's another part of the conversation. Um, and when doing that, it was really interesting. I could have went and worked at a local sporting goods store. I could have worked at a local restaurant when I was in college, but that gave me hands-on experience, and that's it's actually really cool to see how you're a engineer, your success, how everything plays together. When you're a financial advisor, this is kind of getting outside of the point of the question, but it'll make sense. When you're a financial advisor, yes, you're engaging in a conversation, but if you're giving a presentation, you have to conduct the conversation. And those are two completely different dynamics. And when I did that, soon after I ended up starting an online hiring agency, which I don't even know if we talked about, but I ran that for about 2,800 classes, English classes to over 700 Chinese children. And when running that business, it was really helpful because since we were an online hiring agency, yes, I had to engage in conversations, but because I was hiring, I had to conduct the conversation. And so it's really cool because you can see the purpose behind everything with hindsight. And see, even after running that business, I saw how running that business has helped me now with my consulting firm. I've seen how sales has helped me become a better salesperson. for My own firm to bring in clients. And it's just really fascinating. Um, of course, you don't understand that as things are going on, but that's why I would. Always- maintain faith and it's tough at the beginning of the process but once you see a little bit manifest then you can keep that faith going forward or depending on your religion that's another part of the conversation but um having faith is very important as well
0: that's right experience and faith truly matter now can you tell us more about your company austin mccullough's advising
1: yeah is there anything in particular you'd like to know about the company
0: yes well who are your ideal clients
1: an ideal client i would say entry-level financial advisors who are not provided leads. There's some companies that do that. Um, A lot of my clients work for companies that are not. Means They have to get out there, really get their hands dirty. Um, Of course, it's a commission-based job, which means that their income potential is much higher. But sometimes if they're not putting in the work, it's much lower. That that even goes into the conversation of like, have you ever heard of producers versus processors? Yeah, I won't get into that here. But that's, um, of course, salespeople are uh, producers. And so they're bringing the business, they're bringing clientele and the business into their business, their company. Um, To get back on track with what you were saying, so many people don't recognize that their biggest obstacle isn't going out and making sales. It's really this internal battle. Um, A question that I kind of want to ask you is, have you ever noticed that when you really struggle with something, if you push through it, or if you're having a really rough patch, if you push through it, that's when a breakthrough happens? That's right.
0: Yeah. You have to have the mindset of perseverance and continue to keep moving forward no matter what.
1: Yes. Yes. And when you break through, you're almost rewarded for it. And I can't explain that, but I noticed that happening time after time. Like, I remember there's some days in particular, and I'm getting sidetracked again. If you want me to rain in and say, awesome, come on, come back. We'll
0: keep going. You're fine.
1: <laughs> but there, there have been days, many days, of course, where, you know, I go get four hours of sleep and I'm super tired and I don't want to get out of bed and I don't want to make my LinkedIn post because I do that three days of the week, along with a ton of other stuff. I don't want to take the cold shower. I don't want to do the meditation. I don't want to work out. But then you knock out all that in one often you feel better at the end of the day it's almost like you get a second wind of energy just because of that satisfaction that you knock things out even though when you really didn't want to feel or when you really didn't feel like it And then also it's almost like whether people believe in god or a higher power or spiritual or just whatever's out there whatever people believe it's almost like that higher power rewarding you for leveling up like saying okay you earned it like what here, here, actually here's another really good point that i like to talk about The longest time when i when things started to really click for me when i was 19 turning 20 i was like oh man i should be a millionaire like next month like there's no reason why that shouldn't happen Um, but i couldn't get myself out of bed every day of the week on time yeah does that mean that i was missing meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting no but if you want to get to that level of excellence you need to be near perfect and so if you're missing one meeting per week or needing to reschedule it because you're too tired and you don't want to get out of bed because you don't have the discipline, you're not going to have people who want to help you build a big uh, legacy, who want to help you build, build a big company because they won't respect you as much. It doesn't mean that they're going to think you're a bad person, but if you want people to follow you, you have to show up. And I, I think that's something that I've uh, been blessed with over the years is becoming more and more humble and I could still work on that a lot. But um, you have to drop your ego in regard to self-improvement. And I had to take that hard look, and I was like, you know what? Um, I'm not being mature enough. I'm not being disciplined enough, and I'm not getting myself out of bed. And that's why I'm not having the success that I want. It's that I'm, I'm personally a Christian. I believe he talked about that, Gigi. Um, and I believe that God was saying, you know, you don't deserve it yet. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love you, but it's just – I'm not proving that I am um, capable to handle that yet. And so he wanted to see me test myself and prove myself before he was willing to um, take me to that next level, you know?
0: Yes, sir. How important is your relationship with God to you?
1: Oh, it's very, it's very important. Um, it, I'm blessed. That i that i was raised a christian um but it, it's actually really interesting because being a young individual going through college and that's always quite an interesting experience it's tested me a lot my faith um it's not always easy because i mean quite honestly when you go to a large college a lot of people at least publicly don't don't make their faith clear um and i i was actually kind of glad that i had that experience because I never want to be somebody who has blind faith for no reason. And because I was raised Christian, I didn't want to just say I'm a Christian because I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian because I was raised Christian. Um, I wanted to test it and, and think like, why do I believe these thoughts? Why do I believe in the Bible? Why do I believe everything within the whole faith? And because I was tested, it, quite honest, I know it's cliche to say, but I think it just made my faith stronger. Um, and in my core, I just... For me personally, I, I can't with the way my life has worked out and the puzzle pieces have started to come together and more and more. It's hard for me to doubt a higher power. It truly is for me personally. So, those are just my thoughts.
0: Amen, from one Christian to the other. Amen. I... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> now, ask, can you tell us more about some of the projects you're currently working on?
1: Some of the projects. You know, um, I would say the most recent one. It what? Well, two ebook and <laughs> an ebook and then also group coaching uh for the longest time i was only doing one-on-one which is great because I had a lot of first thought or uh, hands-on experience so that's what i've been doing all 2020 but i started doing group coaching because you know um i think that lessons or diminishes the barrier to entry because of course group coaching group coaching um, the price is a little bit lower for people. But also, what's cool about that is the uh, the mastermind camaraderie. Have you ever read the book Think and Grow Rich? I can't remember if I've asked. That. Yes, sir. That's one of my favorites back there. Using the wrong hand. <laughs> Not back there. Back here. Um, yeah. And it talks about the power of the mastermind, is, is one of the chapters. And um, the main core principle of that is like you and I are talking here, Gigi. You have a brain, and I have a brain. But when we're talking and we're almost vibing off of one another, we have other thoughts that, that come together. You might say one word, I might say another, and it pieces together an extra thought. And that's what's really cool about when I do those group calls is, yeah, I'm the one, it's my business, I'm the one leading the conversation. But even last week, I was talking and, and I had two uh, clients in on one, and one of the clients said something, I was like, yeah, that was a really good point. That was something that it wasn't in my realm of awareness at that period of time, and that was very valuable to the other clients. And so it's really cool to uh, see that mastermind effect. And then, in regard to the ebook, so although I, I tell people all the time, I, I, I like, do I think that I've made great progress um, for being um, in my low twenties, 24 year old? Yes, yes. But I've never ran a Fortune five hundred company before, so I don't like. I never try to advise on that that type of work, right? So what I do and what I'm doing for my ebook is taking all the experience that I've learned pretty much over the past four, four years, all the tools that I've used, uh, the mindset shifts, and putting that all into, when it's said and done, it'll probably be about, be about 20 pages. Um, now, that's not like paragraph after paragraph after paragraph, it's more bullet points, so I, if you were to condense, it might be 10, um, but I'm doing an ebook because I want people to, to speed up their process. I know it really sucks when you don't know what you don't know. That's why self awareness is so important, and so I'm going to be putting that on my website. I bet in the next two or three weeks it should be finished up. But putting that on my website to hopefully help somebody out there, you know, even if it's somebody that I don't know, if that one ebook is something that really propels their career, I, one, I hope that they reach out to me because I would love to see if I could help them in any other way. Um, but I just know it's it's really frustrating when you don't know what you don't know, so. Actually, actually, if we, if we have time for this, which I think we do, I want to say third project. You know how earlier I was mentioning artificial intelligence? Yes, sir. Okay, so there was a period of time where I was working on a business idea, which, ironically enough, is similar to what I'm doing now. Um, once again, I'm a firm believer everything happens for a reason, so I actually believe that. This consulting work I'm doing is just giving me more research for the next idea. So basically with that, what I want to do is I want to take people's journaling data, at least currently, and pair it with artificial intelligence. Reason being is it's great to have a coach in your life journal perspective, but nobody knows you as well as you know yourself. Nobody can fine tune you the way that you can fine tune yourself. And so I want people to use this tool to journal things, and I still need to uh, focus in on how a lot of it would be done. But use that journaling data to almost guide themselves forward as their own personal mentor. And that's something that I think would be very valuable. Because, And I've, uh, I did over 110 customer discovery interviews, and so like I, I got a feel of what people liked, what they didn't like, if people would want to write, if people would want to type, if people would want to just speak into it, it's a whole lot, and I have it on a document. Um, but I think that would be very empowering. Because you know, not everybody had like. For example, I tell people all the time, I didn't come from a super wealthy background. I didn't come from a wealthy background at all. I didn't grow up with parents who were CEOs. Parents who were presidents at companies. I came. Over, I, I grew up with very caring parents, and I want to replace that for the world. You know what? Like this. I want to give him this little plug, and then, and then I'll get back to the main part of the conversation. I tell people all the time, knowledge doesn't matter. Skill sets don't matter. to See, if I can talk, talking doesn't matter. No. To, to, to succeed in life, the one thing that does matter is passion. That, to me, that's it. That truly is it, at least in, like, an entrepreneurship uh, entrepreneurship venture. And the reason being is somebody who's passionate, they're willing to put in the work. They're willing to learn what they have to learn. But somebody could be very intelligent, but if they're not willing to show up, it doesn't really matter. If they're not willing to grow, it doesn't really matter. So they could be the most naturally gifted person in the world, but if they don't apply it, it doesn't matter. So that passion is the most important part. Um, But to get back on track, there are a lot of people who have a lot of passion, but they don't come from a business-savvy background. They don't have the resources that they need. They don't have the resources that they know would propel their career forward. And so it'd be really cool to have these people um, uh, guiding themselves forward and become more aware of what they otherwise wouldn't have so uh, I, I have this intuition that that's going to be something that it'll be pretty big in the future but I'm just trying to collect the pieces right now and there'd be a lot of there'd be a lot of data that we need to build it out so that's the one hang up it's
0: very powerful now can you explain to the audience how important it is to show up for yourself
1: you mean like before I even present myself to other people to take care of myself in the in first general?
0: Meeting? I'm trying to find a word for it because that's that important.
1: Um, like I said before, I can show up to meetings and try to try to lie, try to act like I'm on top of all of my work, but then I know I'm sending off the wrong energy. I do, I've even seen it firsthand in client meetings when clients are more receptive. This is when I'm knocking out all this stuff that I have to knock out. I always say to people, I help in, in my clients. I help build certainty in them. So, like I said before, I help people grow their income. But before building your income, you have to start somewhere. And my favorite influencer, Ed Milet, uh, what's the quote? Confidence comes from doing what you say you're going to do. And when you say what you're going to do, that builds certainty. You know, certainty, confidence can be interchangeable. And then I often say the most certain person wins. Gigi, have you ever had an argument with somebody? Okay, Probably. We all have. (laughs) I know, if somebody says no, they're lying. lying. And typically th- think back on an argument I'm sure you've had one over the past couple of months and think about who won now whether it was you or the other person or the group of people who was the most certain person
0: to be honest with you Austin it, it really isn't about winning it's about finding a solution
1: to the argument hundred percent hundred no 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 and that, that's a completely different part of the conversation I agree with you completely there but I'm saying like in regard to a negotiation, Typically the most certain person wins. And yeah, no, they, one of the books that I one of the books that I have back there, I keep pointing the wrong direction, is actually The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. And he talks about how like you shouldn't focus on winning or losing. So I I get that entire point. But people buy into conviction. People buy into certainty. And so when you're doing what you need to do to focus back on what you asked me, when I'm doing everything that I need to do, I'm much more confident. I'm much more certain. And then people don't doubt me as much as they would if I wasn't doing what I need to do. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, sir. Very yeah. powerful message. Thank you Thank for you. sharing that, Austin. Of course. Now, can you tell us more about some of the challenges you've experienced in your life?
1: Hmm. In business, in life in general, what in would you... In general. <sighs> oh there's a whole pool that I could draw from. Um... One that I think has helped me a lot in business is actually, uh, as an athlete, I'm not six feet, I'm five foot seven. So mm-hmm. I was a small football player. And that's something that, like, first off, it shocks a lot of people when they mm-hmm. see it. For whatever reason, I don't know, I'm never the tallest person, so I don't know. But because I was always the smallest person, it was, it was frustrating in sports because... Like if you're a baseball pitcher, which I was when I was younger, typically the lengthier you are, so the taller you are, you can generate more velocity. Now, of course, like there are shorter pitchers who can still throw with a lot of speed and they can get more power by getting their hips and their legs into it. Um, but that held things up. And football. And football, truly, you can be a great athlete, but physics – makes sense science makes sense and so when I'm trying to be a linebacker an outside linebacker and I'm five foot seven 185 pounds trying to jam one of our uh offensive linemen who's six foot six 340 pounds the size difference plays a part no matter how athletic I was Um, and so that was something that was very frustrating and I believe that's why going back to faith I believe that's why God um put in my plan to tear my ACL again because I needed something drastic like that to get me out of sports but what was um, to show how it came to fruition is getting out of sports, but still developing that grit, that resiliency from having to work hard because I was undersized has helped me a lot in business. Because like I said, I mean, I never pride myself for being the most naturally gifted individual. I never pride myself for um, being the smoothest or anything like that, but um, if you stick with it and you're committed, you're going to, I know you don't like the term win as much, but you're gonna be out the competition. So. Um, that's one life example. Um, any others you'd like to know about?
0: Well, can you tell us a time where you experience an aha moment?
1: Mm. Weekly. <laughs> 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 an aha moment. Oh, man. The first
0: one that comes to mind.
1: See, none are coming to mind right now. <laughs> Maybe we could circle back to that question because that, that and that's the interesting part about the brain. And that actually, one thing I do want to say this is another uh, helpful thing to people: document. Um, so I use a project management tool called Trello, and I put a lot of my notes in there. And I'm constantly taking notes because of like what just happened right there. Our brains are not perfect. Just, like I, I, I bet we could get off the call, and I could think of ten aha moments like that. But sometimes our, our brain is just forgetful, you know? Maybe it's just because I don't get enough sleep, who knows? But um, yeah, I'm sure if we circle back to that, I'll have something.
0: And we can't circle back. Now, can you tell us more about what gives you joy in your life?
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I know I, a lot of people say this, which is a good thing, but family. Um, I'm, I'm very blessed to have a good relationship with my family. You know, um, there are a lot of people who don't have both parents around. There are a lot of people who... Um, lost a parent at a young age, and and no matter how tough things get, whether it's in business or my personal life, I'm blessed that I have both my parents around. My parents are still together, and that's really nice to see. You know, um, I feel like the divorce rate throughout the country—I swear I saw a stat where it was like 35 or 40 percent—that that really, on the opposite side, bums me out. Um, uh, and actually, I think that's that's another reason why I'm so passionate about self-awareness. I think people, not just in business, I think people get into relationships because they don't truly know who they are. Um, now, like I said, I, I'm critical of others because I'm, nobody's more critical of me than I am of myself. So I, I, know how flawed I am. I know how much room for growth I have. I know how much more self-aware I can be, how much better I can be. Uh, but as long as you're trying, then you're going in the right direction, but on a happier note, <laughs> um, <laughs> but like my family, I'm very blessed. I love my family a lot. Um, we all care about each other a lot. Uh, God, of course, God, um, my faith in and then another point I would say is progress. Um, it's, it's very fulfilling when, when you put in a lot of work and you finally start to see things come to fruition. I had something happen with client yesterday and just for like confidentiality and everything, I won't say anything, um, but they hit a big mile marker. And that was, uh, it was very exciting knowing that you played a part to help people get to where they wanna be and, and knowing how that's gonna change their life for the rest of their life and and change their life trajectory. Uh, uh, Also in regard to joy, just taking time to myself and just like breathing. I mean, earlier about an hour and a half ago, I meditated, did my daily affirmations and it's nice to slow down just because we're constantly cluttered, you know, we always have notifications. Um, there's always somebody sending us a text or an email. There's always a client who needs something. There's always, there's always a family member who needs something. Um, we're constantly filled with distractions. So truly like what gives me joy is just sitting there and, and um, being present in the moment and not being stressed about anything.
0: So yeah. And then reflection truly matters. Now often, would you think that a time where you experienced an aha moment was during that challenging time with sports and when you shifted from sports to the business world.
1: (laughs) That's actually, yeah, yes. That's a really good point. Um, The aha moment there, ironically enough, wasn't in relation to sports or finance. Uh, (laughs) Funny enough, it was actually about just needing to become a better person. So what caused that was, After having my surgery, I remember there was a month between, I believe, graduation from Iowa Central and starting my internship. And during that whole month, I actually went and did not use any social media. So I deleted uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, everything. I don't even think I had a LinkedIn at that point. Maybe I did, but I didn't use it much. But I deleted all social media. And during that month, I remember there was a span of two or three weeks where the only text messages I received were from my parents. And what that showed me was, you know, I could have looked at it, oh, my my friends are bad friends. But truly what it showed me was I'm, I can improve a lot as a person. Um, If people aren't reaching out to you, like, yeah, you can always put blame on others, but that's not gonna move you forward. That's not gonna help you at all. And uh, for a wide variety of reasons, I didn't get along with a lot of people in high school. Um, not like it was anything too bad, but it was just, we didn't see eye to eye. And, uh, then I was with, I was friends with a very small group going into college and then in college, they got caught up with their own things. So they had their own friends in college. And, uh, I realized that I needed to change my way. I was very selfish at a period of time. Um, that actually flows in line with, um, one of the books back there, see, I got it wrong again. One of the books back there is called The Go-Giver. And it talks about many different concepts, but one of them, you know, I'll pick up my coffee mug here. So whether this is full or not, if I had another glass, if this is covered, right, I can't pour into it. And on this will make sense in a second. On the opposite side of that, if it's open, you can't pour into it. So what I mean by that is people typically fall on one or two sides, but you want to be more in the middle. So, there are people who are too selfish. Their coffee mug is open, and they always want people to pour into theirs. They always want people to pour into theirs. Then there's the opposite people who have theirs covered. Sometimes, I guess, this is going to make sense in a second. Covered in the sense of they're not willing to receive, but they're always willing to pour into others. You have to find that nice balance of being willing to pour into others while also being able to receive. And so, I think that's something where I had a aha moment when I'm reading that book as well. That book, so, yeah, I'll get this down eventually. I gotta just like keep my right hand up. Um, but that was an aha moment that I had as well as I went through phases in my life where I was very selfish and then I was very giving and I wasn't willing to receive. To make this a little bit more practical, have you ever given somebody a compliment? They say, no, 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 like like you look great today. No, 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 no. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yes, sir. They're often super nice people, but sometimes those are the people who are the most frustrated about not receiving because they're opposite of selfish, but at the same time, they don't have, uh, they don't believe they're worthy. They don't see the value in themselves. And so they're not willing to receive from others. And so then they don't receive because they're not open to it. They're closed off. They have something covering their coffee mug, you know?
0: Yes, sir. What advice would you tell to the audience for those Mm -hmm. that aren't covering their coffee mug to remove that?
1: That's something that, I'm still trying to understand better myself. You know, I I could sit here and and try to act like I have it all figured out, but truly, I don't. Um, But for me, uh, daily affirmations have helped. And I know everybody has their different stance on daily affirmations, but um, doing daily affirmations when you don't have distractions and truly trying to analyze and here's the power of daily affirmations. If you say I'm enough, that doesn't mean anything. It's not saying that. It's when your eyes are closed and you think about why you are enough. You're training yourself to focus on why you're enough, not why you're not enough. Does that make sense? Yes. I love it. And so it's, it's literally that simple. That's a lot of success though. It's not compl- It's not rocket science, but you have to be intentional. You have to put in the work and you're not going to see the results the second day, the third day. But that's why I do my meditation. That's why I do my daily affirmations every single day is because I train myself what to focus on. One of the books back, see, I got it right. I, I, was, I was intentional. One of the books back there is called The Slight Edge. Have you ever read it? Yes. And it, it, it's not talking about anything related to NASA, no, no, no rocket science. It's very simple, but it's very profound. And it talks about how, like, when you do the little things right consistently, you're going to get the results that you want. And that's why I always talk to people about being intentional is because then you can train your brain. I mean, you know Michael Jordan, right? Yes, of course. I'm shocked if people didn't know who Michael Jordan was. But if they didn't hey, that's fine. So Michael Jordan didn't become Michael Jordan because he just had this natural ability. He practiced and he practiced and he was on his teammates and he was very intentional to get better to the point of where people would say, oh, he's automatic. He's automatic now because he's practiced so much. And so when you do the little things each day then you don't have to consciously focus on them and they become automatic. So you can become a very positive person. It's just going to have to come through repetition, which comes from being very intentional day after day.
0: Amen. Practice makes you better. Now, Austin, what is your best advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness?
1: Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> you can't crowd your brain all the time. You can't. You can't go from event to event to event, to social media, back to an event, to social media, or to talking to a person, like, slow down, take time to yourself. I, I think we live in a world where people are too dang cluttered. They, they, I log off, so I log off of social media all day during the day, at least on weekdays, to be more productive, but also so, so that I can give myself space. You know, I, I love leadership. I love working with clients. When I was running my prior business, I loved working with my tutors. But quite honestly, I can't give to them as much if I'm not like fueling myself back up. If I'm drinking water out of my cup and I'm drinking, 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 and it's empty and I'm not filling it back up, what do I have to give? Nothing because it's empty. So I, I know this sounds so simple, but slow down each day. I, 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 From firsthand experience, I used to be super skeptical of meditation. Like I said, I grew up, I grew up Christian uh meditation is not as typically known when you're a Christian. Like you, you it's prayer is more talked about. And I started meditating and it was something that like I'm an intense, passionate person, and that could be good sometimes, but sometimes it's not. And so being able to meditate, take time to yourself, turn off the lights if you have to, close the computer screen, set your phone away, set it in a drawer. And just like think about your thoughts. Think about your thoughts, get to know yourself. Um I think that's the best way to build a solid foundation to build off of.
0: That's right. Now, Austin, can you explain to the audience how important it is to set clear and measurable goals?
1: Very, because it gives you direction. This is actually a conversation I've been having a lot lately and, of course, what I help a lot of clients with. Um, I, I still do my New Year's resolution, which is goal planning for the whole year, because that gives me general direction. But my favorite goal planning now is either week to week or 90 days out. The reason being is because in 90 days, it gives you a long enough period of time for your day to day work to actually manifest. Because, you know, like you've seen day over day, sometimes you don't have that big of changes or that many changes. Um, but in a year out completely, I wasn't even running this business a whole year ago. So a lot can change in a year. And if you're too stuck on that mold, You might miss out on better opportunities just because you don't want to change and be flexible. Um, In regard to, like, let's say income growth, right? If somebody's never made a million dollars before, let's say let's not even focus on a year. Let's say in uh, a month. Let's say nobody's even made ten thousand a month before. Let's say they haven't even made five hundred. Don't focus on ten thousand. Maybe shoot for a thousand, because. You you need to get that positive uh, affirmation and positive reaffirmment. I don't even know if reaffirmment is a good <laughs> word. You get where I'm coming from, yeah. but of actually completing a goal. And so, if you put your goals too high, then you're constantly selling yourself short, even if you're making progress. So, what I would say is, you you want to stretch be- between reasonable um, and a little bit far fetched. Does that make sense? Yes, it does so what i mean by that is um i remember there was somebody who i i had a conversation with about a year ago he's like austin go make 150 contacts today go reach out to 150 different companies i was like at this point in my life i I was like i'm only reaching out to five people per day and i'm not even doing it consistently like that wasn't in my realm of awareness yet you know (laughs) Now that I've done it, like, I can go do that. And there are also tools that I can go use to help me. But, like, you don't go from home play automatically to second base. I don't know if you're a baseball fan, but, like, you have to touch first base. Bert. You have to <laughs> touch first base. Like, you can't skip it. If you skip it, you're thrown out. I have been played baseball for a few years, and I'm pretty sure that's the, those are the rules. <laughs> so, I mean, like, you can't skip the steps. So you have, to, you have to find solid foundation to build off of. And in regard to baseball, if you hit a double when you get to second base, you gotta hit first base to get to second. So your strong foundation is first base. Um, and so focus on what seems attainable, focus on what you know that, not what you know you can knock out, but what you think you can, because of course that's stretched a little bit more. And prove to yourself that you can do that and then set the next goal. Because if you don't know how to make $500, I, I would be very impressed if somebody six months later is making a million like it clicks for you really quick but for, i know for most people it doesn't
0: That's right you you hit a great point there and i love how you touch base and you mentioned the analogy with the baseball and to hit a home run it takes a lot of work
1: yes it does yes it does and um i could use baseballs as, as an analogy but let's use one that i've been struggling with a little bit more lately golf I did not golf growing up. And so quite honestly, I'm a pretty bad golfer. I'm embarrassed of it because I'm competitive. So I like to be good. But you know what? If you're not practicing consistently, because it doesn't matter that. Business matters more to me right now than going out and golfing. And golfing isn't exactly the quickest sport. So it doesn't bother me that much that I'm not that great. But anyways, with golf, you have to make sure that you're watching the ball. That's one thing. Your hips are going the right way. You have to watch your foot placement. You have to make sure that your arms are, like one of them, your, your your front arm, you're supposed to keep straight. You have to make sure that you're pulling it back the right way. You have to make sure that your club is facing the right direction when it's going to actually hit the ball. You got to make sure to pay attention to what type of grass you're hitting in. If you're on the, I believe it's called the fairway, the grass is shorter. So then it, the grass in the fairway versus the grass in the sand pit is different when you're hitting it. It's harder to hit it out of the sand. It depends on the wind. on the wind it depends on the weather i think you get the point there's so many different factors and people get frustrated when for example they're not a good golfer like what i was saying about myself focus on one thing and get good at that and nail that and get completely uh, consistent with being able to do it and then move on to the next thing because if you want it to compound um you're not going to get the results if even one thing is off one thing I was saying to actually one of my clients last night, let's think about multiplication and process. What's one times two? Two. What's two times two? Four. What's four times four? 16. You're getting the point. What's 16 times zero? Let's make sure you can see my hands. Zero. So you're building, and I want to make sure I'm not going too far, you're building, and then times zero it drops you back down. One day of consistent work can drop you back down. And so making sure to do consistent work at all these little things that they do compound together to give you the results that you want. It's just, I think people often get overwhelmed. That's one thing I noticed with my clients. Um, when I first started working with class, I would literally put like pages together of stuff that they can knock out by the next week. Cause I'm like, Oh, there's all this stuff that you can fix. But the problem is, is when you do that, you overwhelm them. And so I've been learning more and more recently, especially as of late, that like, give them a few things to focus on and then we'll focus on the next thing. And that's even something that I can improve on a lot. So even talking to you right now, I'm, I'm kind of thinking, I'm like, yeah, I, I need to do a little bit better and be more focused and intentional with it. You know?
0: Yes. Very powerful advice. Thank you, Austin, for sharing that and sharing your story and your tips as well. I really appreciate you for coming on the show and I am truly honored to have you. Now, where can the audience find you?
1: I keep my branding pretty consistent, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn or my website, it's all in line with Austin McCullough. So you can find me at www.austinmccullough.com. And as you can see right there, my last name is spelled for any, I don't know if anybody is listening to this just audibly and they can't see it visually, but if you don't know how to spell my last name, it's M-C-C-U-L-L-O-H. But like I said, I'm pretty easy to find. So if anybody wants to have a conversation, just reach out.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, make sure to check out Austin at www.austinmccullough.com. And Austin, again, thank you so much for being a guest on the Walk With Me podcast.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Gigi.
0: You're welcome. Have a blessed day. You too. Thank you.